Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. You got your Bibles this morning. Uh. Turn to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. Uh, I'm going to finish kind of our Come Alive series this morning. I want to say thanks. Uh, we're at the end of our 21 days of, of kind of seeking God and, and praying, and we've, we've, we've called it Come Alive, and it kind of goes along with this passage uh, this morning. So like this past Three weeks, we've just taken some time intentionally just to seek God and believe Him to move powerfully in our hearts and in our lives. We wanted to kind of refocus and reset priorities, let God kind of recalibrate us in a certain way. So our first week was just an emphasis on prayer. Our second week was an emphasis on just reading the Scripture, getting back to the Bible. We still have a a few... uh, Uh, Philippians devotions out there. Uh, We've got many who are reading through the Bible an entire year. We start the 1st of January. I have been out of town this week. I want you to know if it makes you feel any better, I'm three days behind, okay? I'm three days behind. I made a public confession, but I told you, when we start reading Exodus, once we get to Exodus 26 and 39, you can skip. You can skip ahead. So just keep reading, I put that in there for me. Let me just say that, okay? Because I knew I would drag behind. So when you get to the latter end of Exodus, you can kind of move ahead, but just keep reading. So we had that emphasis. This past week was just a a week of just fasting and prayer. Whatever that meant to you, just pull away with God and just seek Him. And then this morning, we're going to end with a miracle prayer. We're just going to believe God. I mean, we've been seeking. We've been praying. We've been reading Scripture. We've been fasting, and then we're just going to believe God at the end of this for a miracle. We're just going to, I'm going to ask everyone, what is your one miracle prayer? And we're going to pray that at the end today. So just want to say thanks to those of you that have been participating. Uh, (coughs) uh, Ezekiel 37, 1 and 2, out of the message, it says, God grabbed me. He has to do that to us sometimes, right? We don't always volunteer. Sometimes he's just got to snatch us. So God grabbed me. God's spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. He led me around and among them a lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones, bleached by the sun. You think we get what Ezekiel's trying to say? There's lots of bones. It's like a horror movie when I'm, he keeps referring back to that. He sees all of these bones. Now, the latter end of this passage always gets my attention when he speaks to the dry bones. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord, okay? But really what got my attention this time was the, were these bones, These bones, bones are, of course, evidence of the death of the body. Bodies that once were alive with promise and potential. Healthy, productive, 
reproducing, functioning, vibrant bodies, but for some reason now, they are dead. They are dead. Why do armies or people die? All right. What, what was the cause of this? What was the knockout blow to this group of people that was doing so well, and now they are dead? What took them out? If you remember back, if you're a boxing fan, Iron Mike Tyson. Remember Mike Tyson? Now, if you are a little older, you remember when, when he started boxing. We got an image of Iron Mike. We'll throw up there, all right? He was one of the greatest. I'm sorry for the nudity. I just want to say that. But if you're doing a boxing illustration, you know, that's what you've got to have. So uh, he was one of the greatest heavyweights ever, all right? Undisputed from uh, 1987 to 1990. He won his first belt when he was 20 years of age. If you've ever watched any of those fights, when the bell rang, Iron Mike came out like a, like a madman out of the boxing ring. Man, he was a great fighter. Won his first professional fight at 19 years old. Out of all of his knockouts, 12 of them were in the first round. In the first round, that's unbelievable. The youngest, youngest heavyweight fighter to consolidate all the titles, all right? This man seemed invincible in the boxing ring, but yet there was, he had issues in his life that caused a downfall. He was very strong. I mean, you, you look at him. Look, he's 19, 20 years old. Unbelievable, all right? But yet, he looked invincible to the exterior, but he had vulnerabilities on the inside that eventually took him down, okay? He wasn't planning. What is the knockout blow for people? Sometimes it's not in an area of your strength. Sometimes it comes from an area that you're not paying attention to or weakness. And if you remember, he was convicted of rape at the height of his career, Plenty of money, but he was convicted of rape. He went to jail. He was sentenced for six years. He served three years, just had this kind of uncontrollable rage that served him well in the boxing ring, but did not serve him well in later life. He gets out. He tries to get his, you know, kind of get his career back. And do you remember the fight with Evander Holyfield, okay? You remember that. I'm not putting that on the screen, all right? He bit half of his ear off, okay? He bit half of his ear off, suspended, unbelievable. He was, he, he was invincible in the ring. What's the knockout blow for people? Why are these armies dead? Why are these people dead in this vision? Invincible in the ring, but yet there was a vulnerability there that he never paid attention to in his life, and it got him multiple times. It helped him in certain ways, but it got him in multiple times a little later. And I just want to say, as he's gotten older, he's kind of turned his life around and all of that, so it's a, a, a good ending of the story. So what took this army out? What took these people out in these visions? 
Sometimes in our, our walk with God, it's kind of external things that kind of hit. I told you, sometimes it's not always an overcoming of our strength, but it's not paying attention to a vulnerability, or it's, it's, it's an area that we don't pay attention to sometimes. Sometimes it's external things, tragedy, sorrow, disappointment, going through life or serving God. All of a sudden, there's a sickness, a premature death, unemployment, divorce, bankruptcy, all while we're serving God. And we, we have these unanswered questions, these unanswered theological questions, and before long, they kind of seep into our heart. And man, when we used to serve with passion and power, now we just kind of fade because of some of these things were going, Lord, where were you? What was going on in my life? Could be a knockout blow. How about dealing with the sins of your past? Do you struggle with self-condemnation and forgiving yourself? Now, I want to say everyone has things in their past, you know, that they cringe when they think about, okay? Everybody has that moment. You know, I was such a fool. What was I thinking? If you've ever said that about yourself, raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. When the police were patting me down when I was in ninth grade because I, got, I skipped school and got caught by the police, when I had to put my hands on the police car and he kicked my feet out and he's patting me down and I'm, saying the sinner's prayer multiple times, you know, like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> you knew better than to skip school, you know. I, that's a mother's prayer right there. I just want to tell you, that's a mother's prayer. Everybody's got those kind of things. Do you have things in your past that you think about regularly? You just can't get over. Do you have things in your past that you're still embarrassed about today? You still struggle with shame. It's been years, it's been years, but you still, still deal with shame. And I want to tell you, this is one of those areas that if you're not careful, it will slowly choke off your spiritual life. It will provide a chain that will hold you down and you will never find God's destiny and God's plan for you if you still, still deal with a kind of, kind of self-forgiveness. Are there things that hold you back today because of what you've done in your past? It bothers you as you try to walk toward God and serve Him in freedom and serve Him in fullness. And it, sometimes in worship, you've, you, you feel guilty because of what you've done in your past. Or there are things that you would love to do for God, but you, you go, man, I, I can't, I've I've done, I've done this. You want to go to the next level in your faith. And man, you have trouble forgiving yourself. And you live with self-condemnation all the time. I want to remind you this morning that if you're not careful, that will slowly choke the life out of you. If you are not growing, moving, walking in faith, if, if self-condemnation is holding you back, eventually you die. You'll, you, it, will, it will get the best of you. It will mute and stunt anything that God 
wants to do in your life. And I just want to remind you this morning, if you are struggling still with the sins of the past and you've prayed a hundred times for God to forgive you, but you still hold yourself, you know, still have guilt in your own heart, I want to remind you what the Word of the Lord says, that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And my word to you is this this morning is, don't hold yourself guilty of something that God's already forgiven you of. There, there are people that have a bad past and they're afraid to take the next step because of what they've done. And I want to tell you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. If God's forgiven you, if he thought enough of you to forgive you, then walk in the light of that fullness. If he's forgiven you, then there is nothing in his kingdom that would hold you back. But sometimes people can't can't get over that. They can't get over that. There's external things, tragedy, sorrow, doubt, self-forgiveness sometimes that kind of kind of choke choke off what God is doing. There's spiritual atrophy. Spiritual atrophy. All right? Decay, spiritual decay that happens. I had a <clears throat> knock on my door a couple years ago. It was one of my neighbors. And he said, listen, you have a tree in your backyard that I think is going to fall over on my property. He said, it doesn't look right, okay? That's odd from a neighbor, okay? Um, I have a picture of that tree. So I went to the backyard, and I look at the tree, and I'm like, it's got branches, you know, like I don't know anything about that, but he's like, please have it looked at. I'm afraid it's going to fall on my property. So I call one of the tree guys, okay, come out and take a look at this tree. He looks at the tree. Now, it's not great, but it's, it's got greenery on it. It's got branches, okay? So he walks out of my backyard and he says, um, he said, I promise you on the back of that tree, we're going to walk back then. There's going to be a little hole at the bottom. It's going to be the pine beetle, okay? So i like, what? And we walked to the back of that tree, and at the base of that was a hole, that maybe like a nickel, and he said, there you go. That's the pine beetle, and this tree's got to come down. He said, it, it looks okay on the outside, but this thing is rotted and dried out on the inside, and it needs to come down today, Okay? Well, I only have a hacksaw, okay, and all of my tools, so I just said, so how much will that cost? And he faked like he was adding up something, and then he said, that will be $1,200. And to this day, I have a deep hatred and bitterness toward the pine beetle, I just want you to know that. Right up there with cats, all right? All right? I'm going to take that back about the cats, because there's evidently some cat people out there, all right? I, I want to say to you, when I talk about spiritual atrophy, you can be like this tree. You can be standing still, 
And to others you look well, but there's decay on the inside. Exterior, there's not really any in concern, but on the inside, you know there's some things that aren't necessarily right in your own life. And even though this sounds, you know, a little down the list, these kind of things still deal a knockout blow to our life. How did this army die? How did these people die in this vision? What, what happened to these healthy bodies that all of a sudden, man, they are, they are bones? So, do you find yourself bored with your faith? It can be a knockout blow to you. You came to faith with passion and service and love for God. You started there. But now you noticed that in your spiritual life it seems very robotic. Going through the motions. Kind of circling. Kind of the same, kind of the same you know, pathway. No, no purpose in your, in your faith. No passion. No sense of achievement. No real direction for you. Very robotic and very mechanical. You go to church. You might be involved in things, but really, on the inside, there's nothing that's happening. It's decay. You're like the tree. You got a little fruit on the outside. Nobody ever comes to you and says, man, I'm worried about you. But on the inside, there's decay, and you know it. You know things aren't right. So today, we define our spiritual health by our church attendance and by what sins we don't commit. I hear that all the time. I go to church. I don't do this. Therefore, we think we are doing well spiritually, okay? I come to church sometimes. I'm not committing the big sins, so I feel like I'm, I'm doing well, all right? We, and we allow, we allow a boring, passionless, directionless existence with our Savior to occur. It's decay on the inside. We sometimes have forgotten the beginnings of our faith and what God has done in our life in the past. You see this kind of decay as they were in the wilderness, you know, with Moses. We did that series a little while back. They had forgotten the Passover, the Red Sea, Sinai, manna, quail, miraculous water. They'd forgotten kind of the beginnings of that, and they had moved on to kind of this complaining ritual routine, show up when Moses says to show up, try our best to live by the ten, and that was it. It's kind of it was very mechanical, very robotic. That's where spiritual atrophy can begin. We have little devotional life or it's non-existent. Little devotional life or non-existent. We have no connection to the vine and it produces no fruit, no life, no vitality. But we've learned to function kind of in a state of, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, just kind of a starving all the time. We've just learned to kind of kind of lived in this place where there's, you know, kind of this spiritual hunger that, that goes, that never is fulfilled. It's non-existent. 
We start to believe that church activity means closeness to Jesus. We get involved in ministry because we love God and, and we want to we wanna do things for God. And then all of a sudden, it gets into this robotic mode. All right, now listen to me. If you serve anywhere in this church, please listen to me. All right, I want you to know, all right, you know, that, that activity and busyness in the Lord's work is not a sign within itself of spiritual health. Because you can just start doing things. You can just start doing things. And you can just fool yourself. I go to church and I go with Street Hope. I'm good. When you feed the homeless, that's, that's the ultimate. But you know what? That within itself can just become very robotic and you can fool yourself about your own spiritual help. We allow sinful things to stay in our heart instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to remove them. We learn to live and adapt our life around sinful behaviors in our life instead of allowing God to purge and, and sanctify us in those areas. We kind of hold them and we kind of keep those things in our heart and you live with that junk in your life. I want to say to you, if that's what you do, that is a spiritual cancer and it is killing you. You wonder, man, where's the joy? Where's the passion? Where's the fullness of the Holy Spirit? When you're slowly keeping things in your heart, it will choke you off, all right? You'll be one of those, one of those bones in that, in that vision. I talked to a guy. I said, hey, man, you need to get yourself in church. And he said, I know, but I'm living with my girlfriend. And I, I need to get that cleaned up. I need to get that taken care of before I come to church. He said, I'm embarrassed. I feel terrible when I come to church. So he just wasn't coming. I said, you need to toss that woman. I did not say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I, I just said, you know what? While you're disentangling, you need to get yourself back in church. Sometimes we feel like we got to start cleaning some things up first. No, you just come like you are. You just come like you are. If you're embarrassed, ashamed about what's going on in your life, and, I, and you're sitting here this morning, then you've made the right step initially, okay? But it kind of chokes off spiritual life when we just kind of keep things in our heart, and we don't, we, we don't give them back to the Lord and let God, let God purge our life. How about this? Sporadic church attendance. Sporadic church attendance, all right? How often do people attend church today? 23% say three to four times a month, 23%. Just over half of 18 to 35-year-olds attend church at least once a month, okay? So there's an there's a issue with the, with the house of the Lord and faithfulness to the house of the Lord, okay? But that is a sign, too, of maybe some decay on the inside of your heart. In the, in the article, in the podcast, The Great Dechurching of America, it was a great article. The number one reason people drop out of church is when they move. When they move. They can't find a new place that fits like the old place, so they just wind up just becoming less and less involved with the church. Sporadic church attendance. 
It's a, it's a sign of decay. Listen to me. When you miss church on a regular basis, it becomes easier to miss and harder to return. All right? It gets easier to miss Sunday after Sunday. And then when you go, we're going to church, it becomes more, more difficult, more difficult. I want to say this too. Church relationships, like in the church, they're some of the most difficult relationships to make. Now, you'd think that because we have a common faith that, you know, that, that wouldn't be the case. But I want to I say, because church is, is just a little bit different. It's, it's more dif- difficult to meet people and get involved with the family. When you go to work, all right, it's mandatory. When you go to school, it's mandatory. 35, 40 hours a week. You've got to be there whether you want to or not. You're having lunch with people. You're having breaks. You're working common projects with people. So you are forced kind of in relationships, you know, whether, whether you like it or not. There's just a mandatory quality and the number of hours that you are on the job. With church, it's different because it's voluntary. And it's just a couple of hours a week. So it's more difficult to kind of kind of meet people and establish friends. Plus, if people are not, if they're coming half the time, it takes longer, especially if it's Sunday only. And services are more difficult to, like, to meet people. Have you ever gone to a ball game and walked away with a best friend? No. I mean, it's just not, it's just not set up that way. We try to do cafe, and let me tell you, when I walk past that cafe, you cannot get a seat out there. You want to meet people, you go, you go to the cafe, all right? Um, but but it's, it's, more, it's more difficult because this is kind of a, a public event. So I, I want to say, if you're new, that's why things like connect groups are very important. This is where you kind of get to meet people. And I know if you don't know anybody here, it's a big step initially. But I promise there's some of the most friendly people here that you'll ever meet. You know, that's why the connections lunch it's important for you to kind of get to meet people on the staff, get to meet people in the church, serve teams, finding places to serve. Those things are important, okay, to kind of make this thing, you know, because there's nothing better. There's nothing better to worship with friends and family. And I want to say to our church, those of you that have been here a while, don't close your circle, okay? Don't close your circle. Always keep your eye open for someone that you don't know. Don't let there be a Sunday go by that you don't introduce yourself to someone that, to, to make them feel welcome in, in this house. The local church gives us opportunity to worship God, receive encouragement and inspiration from God's Word, to fellowship and connect with other believers and give opportunities uh, for, for people to serve. You need the local church. You need the local church. But, man, we're, we just kind of we, we wake up you know, wake up sometimes and, you know, like, and, and just try to figure out, well, are we going today? And I want to tell you, if that's the way you approach church, you, you won't go. Sometimes, if there's nothing else left, I feel like the old ugly widow sometimes, you know, the old ugly person. When there's nothing else left, let's go to church, all right? There's nothing, we can't find anything else in our life, let's, let's go to church. That's the way people approach it sometimes. But church, you've got to be intentional about that. Unless I'm sick, vacation, got to work, we're going to the house of the Lord. 
We're going to the house. There's a benefit in blessing. And some people slowly disconnect themselves from the house of the Lord and the people of the Lord. And, man, it becomes a, it becomes a knockout blow to them. Something else I want to touch really quick. Decreasing spiritual passion in those that have been Christians for over 35 years. Okay? Decreasing spiritual passion in those that have been Christians for over 35 years. So kind of if you're 65 years or older, you may go, I've seen it all, I've done it all, I have made my contribution. Things have changed in my life. My health is not the same. I don't have the money that I had. Maybe transportation is an issue. Maybe you don't have the energy that you have had in the past. I just... So you just kind of, you kind of just go through the motions. You just kind of go through the routine of the way you used to live your spiritual life. I want to say to you, you have not learned everything. You have not experienced everything. And you have not completed yet the task that God has called you to do. It was Anna, the widow in her 80s, that stood there and had a fresh revelation as Jesus was dedicated. She was a widow. She was up in years. But there was something fresh in her life. Joel says that in the last days, old men will dream dreams. All right? That's, that's because those, those elderly men, they're still connected with, with God. They still have an active and alive faith. Psalms 92 says the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of God, of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. I want to say, if you're 65 years of age or older, God still has a plan for you. God still has a purpose for you. It may look a little different like it did 20 years ago, but don't let spiritual decay in your life just because of age. God's got something fresh for you. And those that are 65 years of age and older said, kind of weak, but you got it. You got it. You got it. So what's our pathway forward? How do we respond to the knockout blow? Verse 3, he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, master God, only you know that. He said to me, prophesy over these bones. And he did. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. God the master told the dry bones, watch this. I'm bringing breath of life to you and you'll come to life. I'm attaching sinews to you to put meat on your bones, cover you with skin, breath of uh, the breath Breathe life into you. You'll come alive and realize that I am God. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Tell the breath. God the master says, come from the four winds. Come breath. Breathe on these slain bodies. Breathe life. So I prophesied just as he commanded me. Breath entered to them. They came alive, stood on their feet, a huge army. All right? The question was asked, can these bones live? If you've had the knockout blow, are your best days behind you? And the answer is no. Because he said, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And he breathed his breath upon him. And whatever took them out initially, they started 
feeling God's power and God's presence upon them. And they came. They came back to life again. I want you to know there is something in the future for you. Not just memories of the past. There is a spiritual resurrection for your life. You may have started great and had a great past. And for whatever reason, you got knocked out. But I want you to hear this today. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord this morning. The word of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord will move on you. When you come back to life, just a couple of things and I'm done. Remember the beginnings of your faith. Start back fresh again. Look at Psalms 42. David said this. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive thrones. In the season that he is now, the first thing he's doing, he's looking back to kind of where it started. A couple weeks ago, I came. This is kind of my place to prayer, pray. I sat on the front row. I normally have my little kind of worship list. I did something different. I went, I found songs on YouTube that I listened to when I got saved, like when I was a teenager, okay? I just went back and I found them. Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant, The Imperials, Second Chapter of Acts, Striper. No, I'm just kidding about Striper. I didn't, I didn't do that. I just sat there in my worship I just started singing those songs, and I want to tell you, tears just started dropping off my cheeks. I, I didn't even plan that. I just thought this would be a little special moment. But it really took me back to like 18 years old in a very pure place at the beginning of my faith. I just kind of went back there and just started, you know, thanking God for what he had done in my life. And that's not an unusual thing. David did it. He said, man, I remember. I remember back. When I was young, when I used to go to church in the house of the Lord, I think, I think there's, there's good things just about remembering the beginnings of your faith. Allow God to remove the sin in our life. As I said, we adapt and learn. We want to get over this knockout blow. We adapt and learn to live with it. We live our life around these strongholds. <clears throat> but it's choking the life out of us. There's times that you've got to give this stuff up to the Lord and let it Go, let God sanctify and cleanse you. Repent and move on from that. It'll always kind of hold you down. Reconnect with God on a daily or regular basis. I've got some questions I want to ask you about that, all right? How is your time with God? Is your time with God, is it consistent? Are they fresh or have they become mechanical and stale? Do you know even in your devotional time that can happen? It can just kind of become robotic and, and stale. When's the last time you experienced the presence of God in your devotional time? All right. When's the last time that you walked away and went, wow, that was a great moment. And if that never happens to you, I want to go, maybe you need to approach, rethink how you, you know, do that. What can you do to make it fresh again? Is there something that you can change <clears throat> like time, place, or routine? Is there a sin that needs to be confessed, a relationship that needs to be reconciled, an offense that needs to be forgiven? Do you just sit in his presence until he comes? Do you wait? Do you wait on him? Do you make, you know, you make room and space? Do you need to just rediscover worship? 
Are we so busy when we get in there? I've only got 10 minutes. I got to fly through these things that we never just kind of pause and stop and just have an awareness of God's presence. How about doing something that will add spiritual adventure or challenge in your life? If you're bored, routine, got a mediocre spiritual life, there's no faith, no faith leaps in your life. Everything's careful and calculated, risk averse. You know, worship team, you can, you can come. I was on a missions trip, <clears throat> I was on, on the plane, didn't have a lot of selection to, of, of movies, so I, I watched this biography called Free Solo, okay, Free Solo. It's the story of Alex Honnold, who's a professional rock climber, okay, and he doesn't do the normal rock climbing, like with, carib- you know, ropes and carabiners and all that. He does it free, like it's all just hands and feet, okay, no safety ropes at all. All right, so that's, you know, and, and there are people, crazy people, let me say, that love to do this. They just climb with no safety ropes at all, all right? So he, his goal, his dream was to climb El Capitan, okay, in Yosemite. El Capitan is 3,000 feet, and we have a picture of that, 3,000 feet, and it's flat on the face, okay? That's El Capitan, okay? No ropes, no ropes. You know, he, that was his dream. That was his goal. Let me just say, some people have crazy dreams and goals too. So that, that's, what, that's what he wanted. And, and it's so dangerous that even when people climbed El Capitan, you know, with ropes, it was, it was you know, amazing when they, they did it with safety ropes and all that. But he was one to do, it was free. So he started, he started his training on El Capitan, you know, which there would be hour-long sessions where he would just hold himself up by his fingers just for an hour, all right? And then he would do pull-ups for an hour. That's how, he, that's how he trained. That's how he trained. Sounds like fun, right? Sounds like fun. June 3rd, 2017, he said that's going to be the day. And at 5.30 in the morning, he started his ascent up El Capitan. No no ropes, no safety ropes, only climbing shoes, his hands, and, and the chalk that climbers use. And that's some of, listen, that makes you squirm just looking at that. Like, hey, you're committed at that point, right? And he started, he started his climb. He started his climb. Four hours later, he got to the top. First person ever to climb El Capitan. We have a picture when he gets there at the at the very pinnacle of that. Pop that up. Yeah, that's part of it. Listen, if you don't say the sinner's prayer at that point, there's just no hope for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next next image when he gets to the top there. There you go. There you go. Made it to the top. So they ask him, why, why would you do this? He said, it's just always, it's been a dream in my heart. And I said, I was just living my life with this El Capitan in my mind. And I thought, I, I can't live my life without giving that a shot. I'm just saying to some of you this morning, you, you need a greater sense of adventure. 
you need a new challenge. If you're kind of bored, you know, your life's kind of mediocre, then, then you, need, you need something fresh and new in your life. You need an El Capitan in your life. You need something that challenges you, something that stretches, stretches your faith, something that's beyond, it's kind of always been in your heart, but you, you never thought. Otherwise, you'll just sit here and die the rest of your life. And then you'll live your life in regret because there's always been something in your mind and you never, you never tried it. And that's what some of you need in your spiritual life. It's all comfortable and routine. You develop the skill set for the faith involved for today. But God's got something else for you. Last thing, last thing, fresh experience with the Holy Spirit. All right? We need the breath of God. We need, we need God's presence in power. Old wineskins, to use the New Testament reference, you know why they call them old? They're not old, they're just dried out because they haven't had things fresh. So they get, they get dated and aged because there's, there, there's nothing to keep them, there's nothing to keep them fresh, all right? And I want to just go, when's the last time, man, you've had a powerful experience with the Holy Spirit? Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And it was the word of God and the breath of God that stood those dry bones up and it said they became a huge army. And that's, that's my goal and that's my hope today. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you stand with me? And I want to do this. <clears throat> We're going to do the miracle prayer in just a moment. We're going to do the miracle prayer in just a moment. I want to do this first. If you're 65 years of age or older, would you come down to the front we want, to, we want to pray over you. We want to pray over you. If you're 65 years of age or older, would you come across the front? I want to pray a special blessing, anointing upon you. If your spouse is younger, you can bring them too. You know, like Steve, you can bring Dallas. Dallas is not, you know, she's still in her late 40s and, you know. <clears throat> Amen. Come on down. So I just want to say to you, those of you that have been in the faith a long time, those of you that serve God a long time, Marvin, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for your faithfulness. You know, in this church, this church looks different today because of what you've done and your investment, you know, financially, prayerfully, in every way. Some of you, you may have come from other churches and that's fine I want you to know the kingdom of God looks different today because of your investment and I just want to tell you as the pastor I love you and I appreciate you and I just want to take a moment to pray over you I want to pray for the touch of God if you need to sit down you can sit down if this is going to be a little long it's not going to be long all right but I just want to pray because I'm going to believe in this season of your life that God's got something special for you you haven't lived your best days for God. The revelation that the best revelation that you've had is not in your past. Things may be different, may not have the strength, you know, all of that, that's fine. But I'm going to just pray for a fresh refreshing of the Holy Spirit upon you this morning. And I'm just going to believe this next season in your life is going to be the one that's going to be the closest to Jesus. Anna was a widow in the temple, and she got a fresh look at the Savior. I don't want you to think that your best days are behind you. Your best, all of your experiences are behind you. God knows where you're at. But God still has a plan for you. 
across this building this morning, would you just lift your hands and let me pray over you this morning. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for these saints. Lord, I thank you for the years of service in their life. And I pray, I pray in this season of their life, I pray this is going to be the most fruitful season spiritually. They're not fading at the end. But Lord, they're asking you to do something fresh and new in their life. I pray for them physically. Lord, many may have physical issues in their life and they may need a healing this morning, Lord. They may have financial issues, Lord. There may be things that we don't know. But this morning, we pray upon this senior generation here, the blessing and the power of God to rest upon them. And I pray the fullness of the Holy Spirit rest upon them. I pray that this season of their life and their closest to Jesus will be the greatest one that they've had. Lord, I pray, I pray, God, that the passage in Psalms, that even in old age, they're going to bear fruit. And they're going to be fresh and green and they're going to flourish. I pray over that this morning. I pray over that this morning. Brent, just do a song of worship for just a moment because I want them, before I dismiss them, I want them to, I just want to do a song of worship here together. I just want us to sing, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because he lives. Come on. Sing it this morning. Sing your adults. Come on, sing it out this morning. I can face tomorrow. Sing it out. Sing your adults. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sing it out. Thank you, Lord. Fresh experience, Lord. Fresh experience, Lord. Fresh experience. Fresh power of God. Fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fresh anointing, Lord. Come on, sing it. Pour your spirit out of the Lord. Old man dreaming dreams. Thank you, Lord. Come on, sing. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I can face tomorrow. So One more time. One more time. One more time.
I just want to say to all of you, hey, thank you. You've paved the way for a younger generation, and we just want to say thank you. But you're not retired, okay? Until I put you in the ground, I got work to do for you, all right? And God's got work to do for you. And I want to say again, I'm praying this season of your life, you will be closer to Jesus than you've ever been, okay? Is there a CD? Would you give them a hand this morning? We love you guys. You can be seated this morning. We love, they're heroes this morning. Heroes this morning. Heroes this morning. Thank you, Lord. 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 I want to do a, a couple more things. We're going to do the miracle prayer in just a moment. We're going to do the miracle prayer. I'm asking you to think, what, what's your miracle? What's your miracle? What are you going to ask him for? We've been seeking, we've been praying, we've been fasting, been reading God's Word, okay? We're going to come out with a seed of faith, all right? But before we do that, I want to pray. If you feel like you're one of those dry bones, there's been a knockout blow in your life. Man, it's very obvious to you, or man, it's slow decay on the inside. And you know there are some things that aren't right, okay? You know, you know, you know. You know, every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you do that? You just go, hey, pastor, would you pray for me this morning? I, I, I just need something new and fresh in my life. I'm, I'm just kind of one of those dry bones. Yeah, I just need something new, something, something fresh. Just had a knockout blow in my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I want to pray over you this morning. So, Lord, I pray. <clears throat> I pray today. I pray today. Lord, for those that have had struggles in their life, maybe their spiritual life is not tracking well. Lord, maybe they're like a tree that gives off a few branches of fruits, fruit, but on the inside they're not doing well. And Lord, I pray that you're going to hear their prayer this morning of repentance and coming back. God, I pray, Lord, that you're going to breathe upon their life like you did in this vision, Lord. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And it said the, the breath of God came upon him. And I pray this morning, Lord, they're going to turn. Lord, they're going to feel the sense and the power of God, Lord, upon their life. I pray. I pray, God, that you would speak, you would breathe upon people this morning. You would speak and you would breathe upon people this morning, Lord. You're going to resurrect them, Lord. Their best days aren't in the past. What they've done is what they've done for you, Lord, in the past. It might, they might have been knocked out, but God, you've got something fresh and new for them today. And I pray over that today. I pray over that today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, we're going to do a miracle prayer. Brent, I want you to do this song first. We're going to kind of set the stage this morning because we're just going to pray and believe God for miracles this morning. We're going to do that as we close. Sing this for the worship team today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. 
This place of faith this Don't morning. You tell me he can do it. We'll see lives be resurrected. We'll see mental health restored. Don't you tell me he can do it. Don't you tell me. Come on, we'll see cancer. Oh, we'll see cancer disappear. We'll see broken bodies healed. Don't you tell me he can do it. Don't you tell me we'll see lives, we'll see lives be resurrected, we'll see mental health restored. Don't you tell me he can't do it, don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see troubles rolls delivered, we'll see addicts finally free. Don't you tell me he can't do it, don't you tell me. Oh, we'll see families reunited. We'll see broadening. 
our 21 days kind of end I want to do do a, a prayer together the last one's gonna be the prayer of miracles I want to say this first of all okay that that because we've read and maybe we fasted you know some of you didn't have cheese on your cheeseburger thank you for that sacrifice for the kingdom we appreciate that so let me just say we don't earn credits from God got it got it what it, but it, what it does when we pray and we read and we fast, it postures our heart close to the Lord, okay? So it's not quid pro quo, I missed a meal, so God has to do this. So I want to say that up front, okay? All right? We're going to pray. We're going to start with our own hearts, recommitment, rededication of the Lord, fullness of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray for your relationships, home. Then the last one. It's going to be the one prayer miracle, okay? What, what's the one miracle? And we're just, we're just going to believe for you this year. Why do I do this from time to time? Because I never know when on one Sunday it is somebody's Sunday of miracle. So we give opportunities. All right, so ready? Let's pray together. Lord, we come together as a church body today. Lord, we've had this season of a, of a few weeks, Lord, that we come, Lord, in seeking and humbling ourselves before you reading your word, praying, fasting, Lord. And we, we thank you, Lord, for, for what you're doing in our hearts. And Lord, my first prayer for our church body this morning is a closeness to Jesus. Would you just pray that this morning? Lord, we want to be close to you. Lord, we want to be connected to the vine. Lord, we don't want to be a tree that shows something on the outside, but on the inside we are decaying. So this morning, we dedicate ourselves to you. We come back afresh and anew to the cross. Lord, we remember where we started. Lord, we remember where we started. And we come back afresh and anew to the cross this morning. And we recommit ourselves to the service of Jesus this morning, Lord. We want to be close to you. Not about being busy in the church. And Lord, we want to be close to you. And we pray that. We pray that. We pray that. And Lord, we pray right now, we pray for a fullness of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray that today? I pray, I pray, God, that you would breathe upon this church body. God, I pray with the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would fill us afresh and anew. I pray for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, Lord. 
Lord, your, that vision said dry bones hear the word of the Lord and they felt the breath of God. And I pray, Lord, that you would breathe upon this place. I pray for the anointing of the Lord on this house. I pray, Lord, for a fresh touch of God upon this house when we come to meet. I pray in the hearts and lives of people, Lord, the river of living water, Lord, would begin to flow. I pray the language of prayer would bubble out of people's lives and hearts. The fruit of the Spirit would come alive. The giftings of the Holy Spirit would come alive. Lord, we cannot exist, thrive, or grow without the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Would you take a moment and just pray that? Say, pour your spirit on me, Lord. Holy Spirit, pour on me. Fill me up. Fill me up, Lord. I pray. I pray. I pray. The power and the presence of God. Let it rest upon us. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. Baptize us, Lord, in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray. I pray, I pray. And Lord, we pray this prayer this morning. We don't come because you owe us anything. But Lord, we come because we have a spiritual need. Lord, we have miracles because we cannot do it with our own hands. And Lord, there are things in our lives that we need to speak in existence, Lord, that we cannot do. So Lord, we come with our prayer of a miracle. All right? Are you ready? Are you ready? I want you to start to pray that. I want you to start to confess that. I want you to pray that. Give that to the Lord. What's that miracle prayer that you need God to do this morning? Thank you, Lord, that you are hearing prayers. You are meeting needs. You are responding to mustard seed faith. For some, this is the first time they've articulated this. And Lord, we pray. We pray, we pray, we serve a wonder-working God. We serve a miracle-working God. And Lord, at the end of this season for our church, Lord, we come and we, we ask you to move on our behalf. Lord, we pray, we pray, Lord, for that miracle, Lord, that it would come into existence. Lord, we pray those gifts of healing, gifts of faith, Lord, gifts of miracles in operation this morning. I pray for those in this church who need a healing this morning, Lord, in their body. God, I pray, and that's their miracle prayer today. I pray, Lord, that they'll feel the touch and the strength and the power of Jesus this morning in their body. Lord, those that are suffering with anxiety and fear and depression, Lord, in their heart this morning, Lord, I pray they'll have peace and assurance in their life. God, I pray. I pray. I pray this morning. I pray this morning. Miracle prayer 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 this morning, Lord. Miracle prayer this morning, Lord. We'll see broken bodies Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. 
For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.